0: Blob Talk Radio 50 million voices mumbling from the streets Talking about the haters and who they will retreat Now folks are talking hardy Checking out their jobs Despite the hate and lying leaders, we are still alive I I I I stand tall, Let me talk, let me talk, let me talk. Oh, oh, I I I I then talk, then talk. Let me talk, let me talk, let, let me, me, talk. me talk. Let me talk. One warrior of compassion reflection. Available every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Lock. Warrior. Reflection. You Where know, we reflect reality back to you.
1: Reflections, today we will be going over study number
0: 14.
1: If you're still listening to these shows and you're doing the exercises, that go with this course, the course we're engaged in right now, and you're learning how to be love's warrior, not an ego warrior, not a greedy warrior, not a warrior because one is angry at the world and wants to get back. A Love's Warrior, and you're working at being that, you are now two-thirds of the way through. If this is the first lesson you have heard, I would suggest you go all the way back to the beginning and begin with listening to the radio shows, doing all the meditations that go along with them, or by simply purchasing the book on Being Love's Warrior by Kendall Ronan. If you've been doing this you should be knowing a great change in your life it helps you think more clearly understand the truth more fully you should have exercises and meditation techniques as tools to keep yourself more healthy and more strong you should be empowered to deal with any stress that comes your way and to formulate your own workout programs and meditation techniques so i suggest you persevere until the end and you can learn to even do more because this program is a very powerful life-changing program that allows one to awaken to the truth the truth about oneself the truth about the world and the truth about god so we begin with a little bit of a reading the reading comes from the book by Om Prakash Gilmore, titled Love Poems to the Beloved and Youth. The poem is the place that we call home. There is a soothing silence wrapped around my brain, teaching me that it is time to stop sometimes and listen to the beat of my own heart. And when I hear that rhythm, that driving beat, I am one and my heart, the rhythm of the universe. I feel the movement of a celestial body stirring in my soul. I know that things are as they should be. All a splendid shifting highway, leading me to your door. Place that we
0: call home. Visit us at www dot number T the letter dot com. That is www dot
1: And so we begin the reading with study fourteen. You are two thirds of the way through this course. Please finish. And you will see some great things happening in your life. And it's my guess that you are always already seeing great things happening in your life because it's now probably impossible for you to be duped by spin, by psychological manipulation, by the tricks of the trade, by the technology that is often used in order to garner our power and make us do the things that we don't want to do and live a way that we don't want to live in order to find happiness and joy. This course is teaching you how to go deep and to find that peace that surpasses all understanding, the joy that exists at the core of your being. And we are always happy to help you with something like this. And so the next study... The title is For the New Millennium with Great expectation. This is an old book. It came out around the time the new millennium had come, but I think it still applies to the things going on right now. You'll see that. Introduction. The summer has been hot lately. Temperature outside is 96 degrees Fahrenheit. I sit here in the middle of all this in the only air conditioned room in the house. It isn't very cool, but quite pleasant compared to the rest of the house, especially the kitchen. All kinds of questions run through my mind as I think of life in our present age. Many of us waited for the new millennium with great expectation. We thought that it would be a time of freedom and enlightenment. We thought that humanity would finally lift its head up from the dirt and from the greed and take a moment to see the stars, not as a commodity for big industry to use to create drugs in or borrow bearings in, but as a reminder of just how big creation is and how small we as human beings are. For many of the more spiritual types, the new millennium has been a bit of a disappointment. Racism and discrimination is on the rise. Homelessness is increasing. There are housing shortages. Over 30% of the population cannot afford to buy a house, and most people within reach of a city or a job cannot afford to even rent an apartment. Most low-income apartments and single-residency dwellings have been destroyed, replaced, gentrified. During the opening of the last millennium, the crusade started. The church was waiting for the kingdom of God to arrive. Since it did not happen, the church decided to help it happen. They wreaked havoc on anyone who did not believe in God the same way that they did. They wreaked havoc on any christians who weren't Catholic or Trinitarian. They murdered those who followed traditional earth-based religions and belief systems. They tried to destroy the Islamic people. They murdered wise women and healers. They planted the seed in those days that blossomed into European expansionism, genocide, slavery, rape, colonialism and the murder and rape of millions and millions of the innocents on earth by people who worshiped themselves and projected themselves somewhere up there into the heavens on something that they called God with a capital G. They called themselves the children of God, even though they were rapists, murderers, and slavers. And we still find people who do the same thing. Any deep thinking person who looked back at what happened during that time period realizes that it was a time of ignorance and of the rule of evil. Any deep thinking person today, I think, can see the same spiritual forces at work more subtly than before, but with the same mission at its core. The mission is to destroy anyone who is different. To kill anyone who questions or to cause them to live in dire poverty for the rest of their lives. It is to stamp out people who have spiritual experiences and replace them with a paint-by-numbers religion where those experiences don't really happen. The aim is to wipe out the idea that anything loving, kind, and just really exists and to make us think that we have been deserted by the God who it's like a clockmaker who has put us here on this ball of earth to be ruled over by those who will do whatever is necessary to maintain their own power. Even with all of the darkness and foolishness all around, however, the light of love and wisdom still shines. The voice of creation demands justice in the heart of every person hears it loudly and clearly. It demands justice. That will not be brought about by the system, but by the very energy of the cosmos itself, by the Tao, the universe itself, the man's balance. It is time for the reins of power to be stripped away from the conquerors and handed over to the liberators who work to free all of humanity. The warriors of compassion are those who are the sons and daughters of the earth and the stars and the Most High. As you read this lesson, if you have the book, or as you listen to this lesson, please reflect deeply on the meaning of what has just been said. It's likely since you are reading this or listening to this, unless you stole the book in some way, that you are one of the bearers of the light in this age. The darker it gets, the more the light of your love, your wisdom, your patience, and compassion will shine through. You are the salve for this nation. You are the one that will begin the healing process by putting aside all of the foolishness, by driving away the desire to look like Sound like, speak like someone else, and accepting the fact that there is no one on this earth, in their humanity, who is better than you, by developing a self, your unique self, which is the jewel of life, by learning to be unique and be who you are, while teaching others to be who they are, you bring about rebirth and freedom. This is true freedom. And it is true love. In the Sermon of the Mount, the crowd was told, you are the salt of the earth. Salt is a preservative and is used to cleanse wounds. It is used to melt ice. It is used to add flavor. You are the light of the world. Human kindness and goodness, love and forgiveness pours out through your very pores if you allow it to. Through our actions, people see reality and truth. You are the city of God. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. It is time, therefore, as the teacher Jesus said to let your light shine. You, my friend, and great teacher, are no more or less than a teacher of reality. Walk in kindness and beauty. Turn aside from the emptiness of materialism. Seek the beauty of the heart and the beauty in the eyes instead of what is beautiful to the eye. for whoever walks in beauty and lives in beauty. As beauty, we see beauty in all of creation. How can we do this, though? How can we live as powerful people in a world that is so corrupt without becoming corrupt? We can do this by cultivating a sense of non-attachment. This begins with realizing that we will never have all the things that this world offers. It begins to realize that we already have a great deal more. We have a great deal because of who we are and who we were born to be. Ultimately, we are what we do and what we believe. It is up to every one of us to choose what we will do and what we will believe. One choice is linked inseparably. To the other. No other Savior is coming along right now. We are the Saviors. We are our own hope for the future. We are beings in the act of creating and recreating the works of God in every movement and with every breath. That is why it's so important for us to simply remember who we really are. It is also important to remember the lies that we have been taught that destroy, and the liars also, it is important to remember all of those negative messages we received about ourselves when we were young, and then we can remember all of the lies that we received in the forms of stereotypes about others. The lies about ourselves and our self-worth were chopped up and ground up as they ground off our own psyches, and injured us. They created the fertile ground that was necessary for us to accept the lies about others. The lies about others tossed in our direction like so many seeds landed on fertile ground and took root. As we believed the other things, the negativity about others, we began to feel better about ourselves. We didn't have to question our own worth anymore. We were always comparing ourselves to other people, those bad people, and always judging other people's worth and not our own. The comparison was always false, though, because we never knew the ones who were stereotyped personally. They were not given equal time to make their case. it's time to change this. Instead of looking at the people who are being stereotyped and accepting negative beliefs about them as truths, it's time to look at the ones who are teaching us the stereotypes and to realize that they may be the ones who are tainted. In all truth, they have all kinds of wealth, power, and material things, but they do not have honor and integrity if they are continually lying to us. The fact that they are lying and passing on their belief system as the only way to do things and the way that things are should tell us that they lack character. They lack internal beauty and tenderness, the things of which the human soul are made. As long as the closed-minded and hard-hearted exists, the perpetuators of the attacks on the human soul exist, we will have worth because they are the ones that we are really better than Every time we choose to do what is truth when just, we prove ourselves better human beings than the liars. They are better manipulators and killing machines. We are better humans. They are better oppressors, destroyers of freedom and harbingers of death. We are better liberators and creators of life. Those who would separate and destroy for their own power are the enemies of the earth, The enemies of community and the enemies of God. God has loved divinity by any other name. They are the oppressor. The people of the lie. How can one believe anything a liar says? A liar cannot be trusted. Just as corrupt people cannot be trusted to do anything that is not in their own interest. Many of them are the first ones to tell you that now. Even... The small bit of shame that they once had is gone that your light shine leave the anger the maliciousness the creating of anger to them you be a creator of life love justice and beauty great teacher and warrior through meditation through contemplation through observation and through prayer remain aware of your greater self and the greater universe most importantly begin to partake of the beauty and joy of the universe. Do not be overburdened with the duty of changing the world and making it a better place. Changing yourself and learning to partake of the joy that is at the center of the universe and the beauty that surrounds us is the only duty that you truly have. For as you do these things, the other happens automatically. You will bring forth life wherever you go. Like a river running from the source.
0: For more information, please visit us at our website at www.nextstepcoaching. For the number, the letter .com. That is www.nextstepcoaching. where you can learn about some of the body work we are offering and also
1: some of our life coaching day. become a warrior of compassion and begin to work to make the world a better place not only for yourself but your children and your children's children you would like to become a member of the John Gilmore's Next Step Coaching Warrior of Compassion Guild for caring please go to our website at www.nextstepcoaching.for the number t the letter dot com. that is www.nextstepcoaching.com and you can go to the tab that says ohms radio show there you will find a donation box for any amount you will become a warrior of compassion hoping to support this show and outreach into the community which involves work that is body work philosophical work talking with people, teaching people, and training people at a very, very low cost in order to spread the truth about the world, the truth about love and justice, the truth about what it means to be a citizen who is contributing to the betterment of humankind. A donation of $20 or more will get you a copy of one of our many books that is written and developed purposely to empower the reader. This includes one of our most in-depth books called Distant Corners in a Crowded Room, The Application of Sath Yoga in Your Daily Lives. This book explains The way that we are socialized and the way that we can move beyond our socialization to awakening is the last spiritual book that you will ever have to read. Thank you for being with us at Live Talk Radio, Practical Spirituality, and thank you for your donation. We move now to the next section of study number 14, FYZ, for your consideration. The title, Are You a Minister? Ministry is an interesting concept. The original meaning of the word minister was one who serves. Unfortunately, however, like many words, adopted by the human family and then used too frequently sort of like beating a dead horse it to get up and run i think that the meaning of ministry and shared ministry has been lost
0: the hard edge
1: meaning has been lost and replaced by the warm fuzzy feeling that many of us get when we think of shared ministry when one speaks of shared ministry everyone in the room often shared an inward smile the warmth flows from person to person. Small nods of agreement occur as we look around the room. Of course, we are all seated in a circle as we have the discussion. The small rose blossoms that are tightly closed begin to open and the bees begin to hum. Oh, happy day. For many religious people, spiritual people, the concept is nothing special. It is as natural as breathing. What does it mean, however, to the unchurched or the church weary individual? Chaired ministry in reality basically means taking responsibility to help foster an atmosphere of love and togetherness in one's community. It means working to help newcomers fit in, it means helping to create groups or being part of groups that support each other in times of trouble. It means helping to make decisions that will guide the community in its journey into the future. Shared ministry and ministry means what it has always meant. The definition of minister in Western religion was one who served. The minister was not the one who got all the glory. The minister was not the one at the top of the heap. The minister was the one who served the community. The perch were the facts. That she or he was respected sometimes by those who she or he who was serving and was given power to redistribute the power to everyone else in a fair, equitable way. The perks were that he or she could follow his or her calling as a spiritual leader. He or she could share in the lives of the members of the community in the worst moments and in the most joyful moments. He or she could do religious ritual and services to lead in ritual, could speak, do a sermon. Even this, however, had a side that was laden with responsibility. For the minister during that time period and during this time period, for some, was responsible for the information that he or she was passing on. He or she knew that what he or she was saying was somewhat influential, so the minister had to monitor closely what was said. He or she was responsible to a higher power, whether that was a god, God goddess, truth, love, whatever. He or she was to speak the truth in love, no matter what the consequences. If he or she did not know the truth, she or he had to look for the truth, search for the truth, until he or she could find it and then speak it. In this modern age, we have many different points of views about who or what a minister should be. Even with these viewpoints varying, I would dare say that ministers, the real ones anyway, are somewhat like the ministers I referred to previously. They are very dedicated to speaking and sharing the truth and serving a greater cause. For that reason, something happens to every minister when he or she hears the word shared ministry. I will speak of two extreme occurrences. The first is that the ministry is elated. The minister realizes that he or she cannot be in two places at one time. He or she realizes that the ministry can be overwhelming. He or she realizes that one cannot ever do everything that is needed in ministry. Sharing of responsibility, which is very much in the spirit of ministry, is a great comfort to her or him. This person probably reflects back. To his or her time perhaps growing up in church or perhaps their work in some non-profit organization working with a team to bring about growth and change this is very pleasing because it gives everyone ownership shared ministry to these ministers therefore is real ministry the other extreme that many ministers experience is an overwhelming feeling of skepticism He or she says to her or himself, oh, no, that means nothing's going to get done or else it will be done poorly. It means that I will have to depend on volunteers who won't show up. I will have to depend on people who only want to do the fun things. I will have to deal with people who have no dedication and will be off like a shot as soon as they are offended. These ministers probably also remember being young and growing up in a church where shared ministry existed. Churches that had many deacons and ministers, churches with usher boards and Sunday schools, churches where people were dedicated to the mission of the church and to the belief that they were serving something larger, the belief they were serving the divine. But then he or she remembers that these people were set aside in the community as part of the leadership. They were publicly recognized and were dedicated by their own convictions to serve God, love, truth or whatever as a priority, instead of as a fallback when nothing else was going on. Chaired ministry means many different things to different people. What does it really mean to us? There are those who are very dedicated. They are here working to make the community a beautiful place. They are here to create an atmosphere that will affect the area themselves and their children from generation to generation. They may not consider themselves ministers or what they're doing in ministry, that they are serving the divine and their community. There are those who want to do things that are fun when they want to volunteer. If whatever is needed is pleasing enough, they'll volunteer. If it is going to be boring or untimely, like the most necessary things often are, They're not around. If they volunteer to do these things because they feel guilty and then something better comes up, they're not around. Sometimes they won't even let anyone know that they won't be there except for the very day of the occurrence, or so close to it that no other volunteers can be found. At times like this, the professional staff echo the word altogether shared ministry. Now, how are we going to clean up this mess again? This leads us back to the question of shared ministry. What is shared ministry? The concept of shared ministry is not whatever a society or community decides that it should be. It's something that is real. The word shared ministry, however, those words have become something with a subjective meaning that is defined either overtly or covertly by the community. Part of the ministry is bringing what is happening covertly out into the open so that the community will be able to decide whether they want to behave in a certain way and want that behavior to remain or to change that behavior by bringing it under the control of the democratic process of that institution. To answer the question what shared ministry is, is to understand that it means being dedicated by the whole community. One element I think that is important to most people, aside from this, is that there be a great deal of accountability to the community In shared ministry. I think that most lay leaders and professional staff would agree with this. It is not all right to say that one is going to do something and then change one's mind for no reason whatsoever or drop one's responsibility just because something better comes up. We were so unlearned when I was young that we used to call that lying. I, like many others, of course, have learned to rationalize and make excuses for such behavior, but a child or a teenager could quickly tell us that this is what is
0: called lying.
1: It is not all right to look at someone working his or herself to death on a committee and to see the committee failing and not lift a finger to help. Community is not deserting one's fellow workers or letting them fall by the wayside and get burned out. Community is about being sensitive others and caring enough to help others. It is at least trying to live with integrity to the principles that we try to promote. It is not all right to watch somebody try their best. Keep asking for help and fail because no one will help. What takes six or seven hours worth of work a month for one person can be done with one hour's worth of work per person by a committee of five or six people. It's one hour a month too much to ask. It also is not all right to look at the roster to see who's leading an event or participating in it before one decides whether he or she will take part. In order to minister to the community and to build community, it is necessary to support each other, not to get into little hierarchical groups in order to perpetuate the same old sickness that we see in our world all the time. The battles in Israel, the fighting in Africa, the murders in the Indonesia, in the war along a long time ago, and the war along the borders of India, the battles in Bosnia, you know, all the wars, the constant U.S. wars and conflicts going on right now at one time started because people chose to get into or not to get into certain little groups. that felt that they were better than the others. To minister means to serve, to serve love, to serve hope, to serve the possibility of a better future, to serve life. What does shared ministry mean to us as words of compassion or as order of compassion, caring? I think that this is the time for us to really think about it and to decide what code of ethics do you want to adopt? Think about it. Sell it out. See what your belief system is and what your behavioral system is. What do you want to be? Understanding the concept of community and service to community makes the expectation of what it means to be part of a community, clear and explicit What is shared ministry? Shared ministry is caring. It is caring for others and caring for one's community as much as one cares for oneself. This, of course, is not a popular attitude to have in the United States at this time. But if the world could be like a shared ministry, if people everywhere ever cared about their community as much as they cared about themselves, no more or no that most of the problems that we have in the world would not exist now. We can choose if we would like to live in this time and place right now as we know life should be or we can be so overwhelmed by the psychology and the selfishness of the outside world that we can give away our power and recreate the selfishness and sickness within ourselves and our communities every day. We can carry the sickness and the fear with us every day and never be able to be in a community that is free. We can also instead carry health, strength, vigor and compassion with us and make every place that we come in contact with a place of peace. It's (laughs) choice. The tweet is always yours, great teacher. May you choose your destiny. <laughs> Why it? Now, a little break before finishing with our teeth. How this month's exercises? <clears throat> people of the mighty and so we finish with this month's exercises the next section greeting fellow warriors If you have been doing the TMEs for the past 14 lessons you should be very fit by now you should be seeing changes take place in your life by now also These exercises not only strengthen the body, they also strengthen the mind. They normalize blood pressure, relieve stress, increase balance and flexibility, and are also a form of moving meditation that helps one heal from the oppression of the world. What does one mean by heal from the oppression of the world? We often take in negative messages that the society offers us on a subconscious level. This is known as internalized oppression. We don't agree to do this. We often fight not to. The messages, however, of the hierarchy are everywhere. On every movie, on every TV or radio show, on every commercial, and almost every popular newspaper or magazine, we receive the subtle messages of the dominator system. These messages tell us that you are all right if you fit the provided image. If you live this lifestyle or perform this function, you are acceptable. If you do not, you are a failure. If you do not and you are happy about it, you are a criminal or a radical subversive. In order to remain strong and healthy on all levels, we need to set aside spaces that are free from dominator propaganda these exercises provide such a space. During them we learn not to take joy in competing with others, but to take the responsibility for and reap the rewards of competition with self. By now, if you have been doing the standing meditation, you should be noticing some effects, expected to be painful in some instances, also, however, expected to Resemble life, but in the midst of the fire our belief systems and philosophies must work, but they are not real. We must be able to find joy at the center of the pain and to hold on to and relax into positions that aren't too comfortable. We must be able to live with pain all around us, but with a calm, cool interior. In this meditation, we must call forth all that is within in order to find rest as our shoulders, our legs, our bodies begin to hurt. It is the same way in our lives. We are overcomers. Life feels great sometimes, but sometimes life hurts. If you have not begun to increase your time doing the exercises of holding a ball or standing like a tree... Increase the exercise time to 10 minutes instead of five now. Do not go over 10 minutes right away. This is part of the discipline. Try to do the standing meditation every day. Later, you'll be asked to increase the standing time more by another five minutes. You shall find that your body stands straighter. Your muscles get stronger and you'll gain more energy. The best time to do this exercise is early in the morning, but you can do it any time during the day. If possible, do it in a well-ventilated area, somewhere around nature, even if it is outside the window. Follow it up with the Qigong exercises right before doing the standing meditation. Look over the rest of your exercise program. Are you still doing when I would like to suggest, suggest now. I would like to suggest now that you try doing it in the midst of the fire. When you are angry or right after someone has upset you, find a quiet place to do Lin or do it while you're standing. Do Lin in the midst of the fire, so to speak. Write down your reaction. Keep a journal. See how it feels and if there's a difference between how you felt and reacted to negativity previously and how you do now. Search through your mind for all of the people in your life who caused you harm. Find those people who have done things to you and you have not forgiven. Begin to do Tomlin, sending the positive energy out to these people Begin that the one that still angers you the most. When the anger is gone, move to the next person. This may take several sessions or just one. As you release the anger and hurt suffered from the hand of this person, you will free yourself from the harm done to you. Most of the harm, although some of it was physical, was actually done to your mind and your soul. And as long as you carry the harm or the scars from the occurrence, this person has his or her actions still controlling you. Go deeper into Tomlin and use it for practical purposes. This will help you become a living lesson plan and will free all of the energy that you are using to repress the anger and hurt that person has done so you can use it to cope with life more effectively. Be a warrior of compassion dance the dance of life and death as you do these exercises through your power, your might, your resources, you will overcome the hurts and pains of the world. Warrior of compassion. Bring forth life and hope to others by doing this. A note at the end of the chapter, have you discovered a healing modality yet? We suggest strongly that you do so. There are many workshops available or many books that can be read on doing healing work for others. In order to be a warrior, but must also be a healer. If you have not been attuned to Reiki and are not planning to, please find something that suits your taste. Namaste, everyone. Please join us next week for Warrior of Compassion discussions, or some of our other programs like Just Talking or our religious service, the Diana Sarah Universal Circle, so that you can obtain the whole lesson plan that we are giving you on the station. A whole lesson plan that helps you begin to look at the world in a different way, to think clearly and differently, to use your cognitive abilities And to open up your soul to let your spirituality grow and blossom like a lotus blossom in order to show the wonder, the beauty, the love, and the grace that you are and you have always been. Namaste, everyone.
0: The book we are featuring this week is called On Being Love's Warrior, a warrior's manual on becoming the compassionate warrior within. And as promised, we will be dedicating some of our radio shows to how to become this compassionate warrior within by doing some commentary and then reading a few pieces from this book so that you can help create a better world. And so that you can reclaim the best parts of yourself, the lovely, the beautiful, the divine, and the creative self that lies at the center of your being. If you would like to learn more about us, visit our website at www.nextstepcoaching.com for the number to the letter dot com that is